Alright guys, welcome to another episode of True American. I'm Alex. This is Erica. She's back. For once. Finally. Very cool. So we thought we'd do this one live on Instagram. Because who knows, people might be interested. And also because um, I'm super fed up with all the COVID-19 stuff. And yeah, maybe you should open this one with your thoughts. About COVID nineteen? No. Okay, you I'll open it. You said you had something you wanted right. to talk about. Right. What the heck? Yeah. Okay. So Put there's me this, on the spot. So there's this group. So, but okay, wait. but you know about the frontline America's frontline doctors. Yes. All right. Did you actually watch the video? Yes. So what did you think about it? Well, dude, what is? Why do I have to say what I think about it? Just, just tell me what I'm you're just trying, trying to, to get I'm me. I'm just trying to make you angry so that you'll get fired <laughs> up and start the episode with me. All right. Um. Okay, well, first off, for those of anyone who's like, I don't know who's watching, but you know. Um, Sabrina. Oh, she's from PragerU. Okay, right on, Sabrina. So, uh, for people who watched it, it was like very eye-opening, okay? Yeah. And um, it's well, like Well, was it eye-opening or was it like, okay, finally, there's some doctors willing to say what everyone already knew in a lot of ways. Okay, a bit of both. Because yeah. on the one hand, it was like, thank you, God. Finally, some doctors are, like, saying things that sound like actual medical advice for once, all right? Rather than just the same old tripe, like, stay at home, in your house, we'll work on a vaccine. Like, that's not how they treat any other disease. And these doctors were coming out and they were saying, okay, look, here's the deal. These are the studies that we think are medically significant. These are the ones we don't think have really, like, stood the test of time, even in this, like, last three months. Here's how we've been treating patients and what we think works. And we don't think that, you know, these social controls are really necessary because here are treatments that we think should work. Well, I thought it was very funny because one of the things that they were talking about was like all these doctors who are insisting on waiting for double blind trials before they'll use a drug, which they were like, first of all, like hydroxychloroquine is like, it's already available drug like it's not 70 an, years it's not an untested drug right like right. people know what it does right. and how it affects people so to even say that it's like it's dangerous is first of all ridiculous right but secondly they were pointing out like you know it's dumb in a situation where you're like oh well you're dying but i have to wait for the results of a double blind mm-hmm. trial yeah. and i was thinking like okay Think about the guy who like invented the smallpox vaccine. Okay. His name, we looked this up, Dr. Jennings. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's Louis Pasteur. Nope. Nope. Look this up today at work. Check it out. Smallpox I got my vaccine? I got the Google machine. Yeah. Because but I it was, was the telling... guy who figured out that like the cowpox. Sorry, Edward, Edward Jenner. Jenner. Edward Jenner, 1796. Okay. okay. So his whole You're thing wrong. was he noticed that the cow maids never got smallpox and he was like wow you guys all have like amazing skin and you've never had smallpox and like obviously milkmaids are always banging hot yeah something is going on with like whatever they do and he realized that cowpox was like a lesser version of smallpox and if you had those antibodies which of course the milkmaids had from being around cows all the time you wouldn't get well you didn't even know he didn't even know about you know this is like not really Germ theory is not really developed in any sense yet. No. The idea of a vaccine is not there yet. But he knew that they, it basically if they had had this other disease, right. that they didn't then get smallpox. And, and cowpox is not deadly. started telling people to go infect themselves with cowpox because mm-hmm. he was like, I'm pretty sure if you do this, you'll just not get sick. And this right. is the same thing as Louis Pasteur who figured out that if you boil milk then you before don't get you drink it, you don't diseases. get sick, okay? Right. Which no, people nowadays don't even think about the fact that their milk is, like, not just straight out of a cow. Oh, no, they don't even realize that, like, when a person's like, it's pasteurized milk. It's like, yeah, that's named after the dude yeah, and who he came up with the idea. It out because there was a family in his town who never right. got sick. <laughs> no, they never got the, the nasty bacterial infections. Yeah. And he realized, well, why the hell are you guys never getting sick? So we, like, and they were like, well, we boil our water. Don't no, know why, but, and, yeah, and our milk. Yeah. He like, he like went to stay with them and he was like, I'm just going to like live with you guys for a week and just watch what mm-hmm. you do compared mm-hmm. to everyone else. And they, they were like the people where it was like, oh, we just boil our milk before we drink it because, like, we just think it tastes better. And he was right. like, wait, you guys aren't getting sick. Clearly, heating stuff up, they right. didn't know, like, germs. They probably but... were the were the weird people in the town, too. If yes. you really think about it, everyone's probably like, yeah, you know, 
the DeVroys, they're always boiling their milk. They think they're so posh over there because it tastes better. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're like got five cousins dead <laughs> from from, from salmonella weird, or yeah. some strange. So the point is that back when many important medical discoveries were made, okay, mm-hmm. these doctors were not waiting around to be like, well, we have to know all the exact science yeah. and we have to do a double blind study in order to prove. They're like, look, people are dying of this thing. And I'm thinking that they would rather take the risk with this other thing that right. I'm pretty sure is going to work than right. almost certainly die of this well, other disease. Here's a here's perfect example, all right? You know, like they used to inoculate uh, royal people where they would just purposefully infect them yeah. with basically dead pus, which is disgusting. Well, but that's old-timey vaccines. But yeah, and also they like they kind of had the attitude of like almost everyone ended up getting smallpox and you were much less likely to die of it if you were inoculated. Like if yeah, they yeah. gave you like Because they'd pus. get it from a person who had survived it, which yeah. meant that they might have kind of a weak strain. Yes. And so you go for it. And then they would basically scratch you and put the pus in your scratch, which is right. literally just so disgusting. But they did other weird things. The idea is like people recognize that like trying the inoculation even in like the 16 mm-hmm. 1700s knew that that was better than getting right. a virulent strain that could kill you or well let I me throw something out let me throw sorry. something out okay so this is apropos because what was remember we were joking in one of like well all the time you and me laughing at idiots but in one of the other episodes we talked about like why do we need medical experts to tell us wash your hands and things like that right is that not basic common courtesy like don't be a disgusting slob. How do you not know to wash your hands after you've taken a okay, dump? Let's, all let's right, wash your hands. Don't sneeze or cough on right other into people. a person. It's like, yeah, okay, but duh. but here's the thing. To your point about the smallpox pasteurization, how did they figure out hand washing? Because there was a, um, I think it was not E. coli, because this is always a cholera. Okay, it was a cholera outbreak in Great Britain in like the 1800s. Which is a very disgusting right. disease. Right, because cholera is water, waterborne disease, right? Yes, it's from the it's turd from and the yeah. Poop. Okay. There's many so, different. There's like tight. Yeah, but this but was cholera. cholera. Okay. Yeah, and so cholera what this is, one, I don't remember his name unfortunately, but he decided because he's a dork. All right, he just was kind of like, well, let's let's kind of start tracking where the people live that are getting this, and he realized they all were at this one, one this well. one well, yes. and that they would they would like drink from it and they would like wash they would like wash in it they it was connected to the poop and everything and he uh and he basically just told him he was like you know maybe stop using that water don't don't poop in the same water that you're (laughs) drinking basic stuff and he gets he gets laughed at by people but he only noticed it like yeah but you guys are doing it and you're like where everyone's getting sick all right and he gets laughed at so then another guy he's a doctor and he realizes that these the some surgeons who for some reason happen to be like they wash up. I don't know. They were prissy or something, but like they didn't like having. Well, maybe they even were like, ugh, I don't want to like. Maybe you know, is that? They thought it was like, gross. You whatever. know, you're about to touch something. For whatever gross, reason, so these guys. For whatever reason, these guys are washing their hands, and he realized a lot fewer of their patients are getting sick. Yeah. And he goes around and he starts looking at uh, like at what other people are doing around the town and he's starting to realize like oh shit like some people just seem to be a little more fussy and they like to keep their hands clean and those people are not getting all the crazy diseases so he recommended this is, again pre-germ theory he was like maybe in medicine we just wash our hands maybe in life in general you get your hands dirty yeah. you're gonna go they eat kind you're of gonna you know, wash your hands that germs existed before they understood like what the mechanism right. was. but my point is they all got laughed at Kind of like these doctors getting laughed at right now. But also, they were doing things in practice, like these doctors Mm -hmm. here. And they didn't have any double-blind study about hand-washing or not drinking poop water. They were just like, maybe we don't do this and see what happens. Or maybe we do this and see what happens. Well, also because nowadays, everyone gets such good medical care that the idea that they might have to take like a risky drug is Mm -hmm. like horrifying to people. Whereas back in the day... It was like, dude, you're going to die of this disease, so we may as well try whatever we can right. to save your life beforehand. Because people were just, I mean, oh my God, people died of everything. It was like, you read like any historical novel and they're like, okay, it'll be any city. And they'll be like, and then this summer, 30,000 people died of right. cholera. And then the next summer, 80,000 people died of the of, plague. Of the plague, literally. Yeah. Like, 
1700s. People right. were dying of the bubonic plague because it would come through or the city in the summer. Or how about this? Or how about this? Okay, so this is related here to the hydroxychloroquine because the, the doctor that everyone's mocking is Dr. Um, Emmanuel. Yeah. Um, and she's, she's the black lady. She's from Nigeria, I think is what she said. But then she has her practice. No, no, she's not from Nigeria. She's from... Um, uh, I'm just going to leave it there. She, yeah. I think she's from the, the Cameroon, she said. I don't know where that is. Oh, well, that is a country in Africa. But oh, that's I where don't... she's from. Okay. okay. And she, or she got her, her degree there or something like that. Okay. That's where she got her, her doctors. So she practices and she's from Texas. And I think she also said she like worked in New Orleans for a bit. And um, she's the one that they're, they're all like making fun of her. But she did a really good section where in, in this video where she was talking about the quines because she was saying hydroxychloroquine, this is like the latest of a series of medications that are something oquine, something oquine, something oquine, all right? And they're related to malarial drugs. Is this quinine? They're related to quinine. Yeah. And the reason that, the, that gin and tonic became a drink is because the British were tired of getting dead from malaria and they realized that if you drink tonic water, which is just soda water with quinine in it, and you, it tastes horrible. Yeah, it's not too good. So you but put you, the you, gin in it, right? Makes which it is tolerable. which, like, tells you a lot because gin is ass. Like gin <laughs> not is good gin. Gin is nasty. <laughs> um, but but that's again, I'm trying to emphasize here that what they're being made fun of in this video, what they get censored for, is like, oh, they're spreading misleading information. It's like they're not mi spreading misleading information. They're just providing information in general. And the ability to tinker with the information available is what leads to all the scientific discoveries mm -hmm. and medical results that we depend on today. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, it's actually, we're kind of in this bass backwards. I like that phrase. I know you do. I know you do. Okay. We're in a bass backwards type of world where it's like, <laughs> there didn't used to be labs where people like discovered medical yeah. stuff. There would be like a doctor who just was observant and now- Penicillin. Yeah. Complete accident. Yes. Knocks it over the petri dish, realizes it killed that it's all killing the all the bacteria <laughs> and that the bacteria is staying away from it. One of the greatest life-saving medicines in the world. And it's literally the thing that made them realize that there might be antibiotics, which right. is like a whole the entire science of antibiotics was right. off of the discovery of penicillin because and none penicillin of this... is like useful, but it only works on like certain bacteria, right? Mm -hmm. But like all the others, and the other thing is like, you can use like much more low grade antibiotics right, than right. penicillin. So there's like all, but all of but that this science is what, this is like came not, out of that. And now and no, we've none like, of this coming from, the, like from the, uh, the FDA where, or the CDC or any of these no. bureaucratic lard faced like bodies. Because people in like battle zones, man. Like they didn't have time to like figure that or shit out. Or just living in previous times where yeah. there weren't as many regulations and they were just trying things well, and out. Well, there weren't medical labs. I mean, I'm not saying that like we shouldn't have labs because lots of medical labs do like really important research and they discover like lots of important things, right. right? And there are like really, you know, specialized drugs that get developed in labs to treat like yeah, specialty but they, but conditions they, and all they that. They take a lot of time to develop. Oh, what's up, Jesse? I see him. He gave us a wave. Very cool. Actually, I actually think a lot of people gave us some waves. So what's up? Yeah. What's Dewey? Dewey says, funny how she's a, a black, black voice, voice that shouldn't be heard. heard. Oh, you saw the meme that was going around? Yeah. And it was like, we have to empower... I mean, we have to listen to doctors, but not that doctor. Yeah. We have to listen to black people, but not, not that black person. It's like, we need to look for a cure. We've got one. Not that one. Oh, man. It's so it's so great. Um, but yes, you're right. The, this whole idea of like the modern, we have to develop it in a lab, all that stuff. It's, that actually, it's we the result know, of being like hampered with, with really good medical care. We already know that it's a bad care. move because a lot of diseases that exist do not get drugs developed for them, even though they would totally be curable because mm. the lab companies do not have any, and basically unless they oh, can yeah. mass produce a drug, they're not gonna wait, because they have to go through like a stupid amount right. of regulations to like get well, drugs approved. I was talking. So they don't develop drugs that treat like small time, even if there's like a couple thousand people in the world right. who have some disease, Basically, lab companies don't waste their time on those people. And so most of them get treated by doctors who are willing to like do experimental treatments on them because the lab mm. companies are not going to develop a drug, okay? It's yeah, like if it doesn't. Well, and that's the thing also, by the way. Like because they have like, to go. Because they have to go. Antidepressant drug in the lab because. But they have to go. It's crazy too because I get what you're saying. 
But the truth of it is also that without all these crazy regulatory bodies, yes. you might have small drug companies that are like, we're going to focus on this one disease. It doesn't affect a lot of people. But look, if it affects 10,000 people well, a year, we could make bank on it. Why couldn't you have like a nonprofit that does that? Because that's the other problem. Mm, it's like, mm. I mean, that's why, you know, big pharmaceutical companies are like really problematic because they don't have any incentive to do anything quickly and they have no incentive to do it for like special right because if they do illnesses. something if they uh, i was watching a milton friedman video today because megan was debating online with someone and they were like oh yeah well the the fda they uh, they have to approve all kinds of things about what goes into your food what is that censorship blah 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 and and she was trying to figure out how do i debate this and i just immediately milton friedman fda first google video and he he goes he's like look here's the thing if you are like the head of a regulatory board or a large pharmaceutical company, okay? And you fast track something and it, and it, and it turns out up. to not do very well, yeah. okay? It has bad side effects. Then you're, you're, your you're just screwed, okay? But if you slow track it, all right, make it go through a few dozen extra rounds of testing and a couple more years of, of development. A, development and all that stuff, all right? No one ever counts the lives lost in that time period who were waiting for it and waiting for it. And then it comes out on the market and it saves a bunch of lives and it, it's a big success. It doesn't matter how long you had to wait. But the victims of the they're drawn invisible. out, they're invisible. And so are the victims of all of the drugs that are never developed because right. of that issue. And that is the same thing that's happening so with the medical advice right. about the lockdown. Right. People are just being left hung out to dry while they wait for a vaccine. Because like I was in a debate on Facebook today and this dude was saying like, no, the only thing recommended is masks and you have to isolate. And I was like, okay, but like, what if you're already sick? You think is a mask a medical treatment? They never talk about this. In the lockdown scenario where everyone socially isolates, we all wear masks everywhere we go, but you still get sick? You're just boned. There's no treatment. What do you get? You get to go sit in a hospital, isolated from everyone you know, and wait till it's bad enough that you need a ventilator or you get better. So why is that any different than just being out in your regular life and being like, well, it didn't get too bad, so I just walked it off? There's no treatment. Then you wouldn't get to feel good about being a loser who stays inside of your house. There's no treatment involved. So they're attacking these doctors for providing a treatment, and they say, well, it's untested. It's like, but you have no treatment. Yeah. At all. Exactly. Well, your treatment is to destroy everything. Right. In the hopes that eventually the virus will just go away which clearly it's not i no. mean this is gonna be like a flu strain that people are gonna get forever now because that's just how that shit works right i mean how do we know this la periodically gets the bubonic plague because where the you hobos know, are we have hobos yeah yeah okay dewey, oh, says, dewey says uh yeah yes a malaria drug that's been around forever and has yes. virtually no side effects exactly oh, so okay i wanted to get into this because this was something all right that came out of these videos, all right, mm -hmm. that um, this doctor, Dr. Mobin Syed, all right, now. It's a dope name. Okay, it's a dope name, but here's the thing. I was listening, this was in the second America Frontline Doctors video okay. that Breitbart, the, that the they... indoor, indoor, oh, yeah, yeah. okay? And this was really cool because not only were they going over scientific things, but then they had like legal representatives come mm -hmm. on and explain to the doctors like, are you being told you can't treat with these drugs? You can still do it. Here are your legal recourses in case you're, you know, you get fired or the medical association comes down you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so it's a good video. But the opening ten minutes of it are what I wish everyone could have seen because he, he Doctor Mobin, all right, comes on, and I thought they were saying Doctor Bean, and because the audio quality wasn't the greatest at certain points, and I was like, oh my god. Please tell me that this guy's name is not Dr. Bean. Like that, we don't need that right now. We do not need Dr. Bean explaining hydroxychloroquine. We need, he's he's like the hero we, we don't need, okay? Don't want, don't deserve, but here he is, okay? <laughs> but it's Dr. Mobin Syed, and I was like, that's a cool name. He does this amazing video, and he's explaining like, okay, here comes hydroxychloroquine. What is it used for? And he goes, well, it's a weak base, all right? And I was like, oh yeah, that, ma that makes sense because I remember hydroxy means there's an OH minus, which yeah. is like a negative ion. And that's what, uh, something that is a base is something that releases OH ions into a solution. And he says like, okay, what you do is to treat malaria, 
is we shove the hydroxychloroquine into the plasmodium, which is like the little malarial organism, and they have like a stomach element, and it goes in there, and that thing needs to be acidic, and the base neutralizes it, and it kills the malaria, which is why hydroxychloroquine works for malarial drugs. But he was like, that's a general use thing that's really, like, we basically use it to create a basic environment. Is malaria a virus? Uh, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to check on that one. But I'm interested. I mean, I know. I know you are. Well, well so anyway, he, I don't think so, but it could be. He, but he was talking about how, okay, this general like element that it's a base is actually what they use hydroxychloroquine. It's a bacteria. Yeah. It's a parasite. Okay. Ew. Oh, it's a parasite. It's so oh, it's, so it's not a, it's not a bacteria either. Whatever. They said the general usage is for the base. And he said that one of the things that happens is like when you put the hydroxychloroquine in like the human cell where the, the coronavirus is attaching yeah he's like it has five benefits that i didn't even know about because i only knew about one of them all right and the first he said is like when the virus wants to attach to this protein one of the things that it does is that the hydroxychloroquine being in the cell causes it to make those proteins with like a little bit different shape and the virus can't attach to it as well so like that's number one makes it hard for the virus to latch on then two the virus needs a, a more acidic environment in the cell in order to like, once it's latched on, to like create its little door that it comes in through and mm. inserts the RNA. And it makes it more basic. So that has a harder time forming. Mm. Then because the RNA is an amino acid strand, when it's in this basic environment, it gets uh, disrupted because yeah. it's kind of getting neutralized a little bit as well. And then inside the various apparatuses in the cell like the golgi apparatus where like the parts of the virus get assembled is kind of how he explained it again it needs a more acidic environment and it disrupts so it's like it disrupts the uh, attachment yeah. the entry so also the even insertion. if it attacks that cell it's difficult for it to replicate after right, that because right. it's been it's basically it's dna it's just well, it's, it doesn't have DNA it's just gumming it's up a, the works it's like it's, it's a weird it's like it's like weird. taking an assembly line and then just throwing soap all over it yeah okay everyone's just slipping and sliding trying to make things or work. like you have a, a some kind of structural plan but you've like right. changed everything to a different language and shuffled all the pages out yes, of order and yes. everyone's like i don't exactly know. <laughs> and then he said that the last thing which was the thing that that i already knew about is that um what the, the hydroxychloroquine is called an ionophore. And so if you have, I, these are things that I had to go deep recall to my high school chemistry. As I was listening to him, I was like, oh my God, it's coming back as I'm watching this. All right. And he was saying like, your cell wall doesn't let ions through very easily. Yeah. And zinc is a two plus ion. Oh. All right. But zinc also will go in and basically, the way my dad describes it, being medically trained, He's basically like, it's kind of like throwing a bunch of sandpaper in there with the with the RNA and it just grinds it up, okay? Yeah. So the, the hydroxychloroquine, it allows the passage of ions mm. into the cell, all right? And it actually kind of makes sense because if you think about it, it makes it more basic. The zinc has a two plus ion well, and then there's a negative charge and it might, swoop, I don't know. Can we also describe but, to people that? Um, the reason that messing up RNA for a virus is more destructive than if zinc messes up the RNA in your cell. Is well, it, it doesn't get it doesn't get to that stuff in your cell because it's in your nucleus. Right, but that's the point. the The virus doesn't have DNA, like how it has a cell, half of like a half cells of cells have DNA, and it you make RNA strands like throughout right, right. time to like make different proteins. So it doesn't matter if like your RNA gets mm -hmm. disrupted for a little bit because yeah, maybe you'll be a little short on right. certain proteins. But like you have the DNA in the nucleus that you can always go back to. And unless that DNA gets right. distorted. When the virus attaches, it inserts the RNA yes. and then it's get that's attacked that and it's that's, done. Yes. But the reason it's effective against the virus is that viruses aren't really like a living organism. They don't have their own DNA. Right. So if you can disrupt their RNA, yeah, that's just all done. they have. And there's nothing right. like our RNA can always like go back. Right. It's like if you made a copy of a book and then you well, were like, look, oh, shit, what happens when this like, got met and then all the pages from basic, got ripped out from and From basic like, like biology, when, you, when your DNA replicates itself, what happens is that you have 
the two sets of amino acids they're right. linked together they unzip basically yes all right and then what happens is the one part kind of like comes out that's the rna it starts snagging proteins that will adhere correctly to it and it generates the other half of the zipper yeah. as it goes that's like as complex as i can get with the way that that stuff but happens. the moral of the story is that the dna is like the reference point for all other right. things so right. our rna if someone's trying to make it seem like well because it disrupts your rna in your cell because if wait zinc, have you heard people say this i haven't heard anyone nobody go, this, understands this, that but i'm saying yeah. like for example if you say zinc disrupts rna oh no one's even saying i mean be, that they didn't even say that dangerous. but yeah no I'm i mean saying, this is every doctor you should understand the difference between like cell cell yeah. created rna which can always be made more of. Sure. Well, by and the your thing DNA. is, like, what I just didn't, what I liked about that section was he does this like whiteboard drawing, like a college lecture or high school lecture style, and he's just walking it through, and he's very clear. All right. And the people that are saying, well, we have to follow the science. What have they been giving us to follow this entire time? It's it's been what a study shows, study shows, study shows. Where's the science? You're just spitting numbers at me. You're just saying, guy wrote a paper and put these numbers on there. There's no science to that. Well, and they don't this, explain anything, which is This guy purpose. was doing the science. Yes. And these people were actually explaining scientific mechanisms, the medical uh, procedures, and how the things actually happen. So, of course, they get blocked because there was nothing more scientific out there than what these people did. And so if you're Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, if you know Zuckerberg, or if you're at the Washington Post and you work for um, Bezos, all right, all these guys, they are all like very invested in the left-wing cause. They're big on this being a Democrat win in the election, and they do not want people getting back out and living their lives and realizing how full of shit all of their stuff is. So they yeah. just, they squash this so quick. Okay, can we talk about like the more foundational issue okay. of... We already talked about that, like, the whole idea that we're all supposed to wait for some lab to make an invention is stupid. It's yeah, of historically, course. it's it's not the, how it happens. You know what? As the left loves to say, it's ahistoric. Yeah, yeah. I hate that word because I hate everything to do with the left. But they use this word like it goes against history. Mm. Okay, well, waiting around for some lab to discover some cure goes against like right. everything in history. Okay. Like Jonas Salt with his polio vaccine was not waiting around for some stupid no. ass lab no. to like put it through like 25 years of testing before he could approve it because people were dying of polio like well, that day. Okay. Okay. So that's step one. Even the idea that like the doctors should be helpless and waiting around for researchers who are actually less well educated and less on the oh, ground. Again, because another thing another that, that, that Emmanuel they, hit hard. She was like, Dr. Push, Fauci, when's the last time you treated a patient? No, but even worse, the people that work in a lot of these labs, like I have friends who work in labs, they have like 10 years less schooling. I mean, basically all you have to do to be in a lab is get like the right bachelor's degree. And I'm sure some of them have mm -hmm. like doctorates. But a lot of people who work in labs have like a master's degree and well, they definitely can, didn't go to medical school. Maybe I can put it in like a context that makes, that is like But the point is that they're saying like, we're supposed to trust lab technicians who have less education and way less like person to person contact with right. patients and like day to day functions of a medication. And we're supposed, and then, but then on the other hand, you have doctors yeah. who are more well-educated, see patients every day, and actually interact with patients. Well, this is and the thing about things, where it's like... And we're, but we're supposed to wait for the lab technicians to tell us what to do? No. No! Well, here's, here's a good point. So someone said, uh, An Anwar's 44 said... Uh, oh, wait. What? I love wait, it. Will, Will Witt... No, no. Will Witt's being, a, being sarcastic. I can't believe you would put people in danger <laughs> like this. <laughs> um no, okay, yeah. He's like, people can't, they can't cure the common cold, and they're going to pull a vaccine for this out of their I'm arse. I'm pretty sure that the common cold is a type of coronavirus. Well, no, 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 so. no, no, this was another thing. So Charlie Kirk, got to throw him some props, did the podcast episode today with all nine of these doctors, yeah. like roundtable interview. And one of them was like, uh, can we just talk about the fact that whatever vaccine they do come up with, the corona, a coronavirus is like the common mu flu is a it's, mutational yeah it's it's a strain of a flu-like yes. virus and he was like so whatever vaccine you get this thing is going to be as adaptive as any other strain of the flu so this vaccine you're waiting two years for two years from now 
Yeah, I mean, this might be a totally different disease, basically. Flu vaccine is like, it's not even, like, you can't get the flu. It's like, they try and pick, they try, they have to predict what strains Mm -hmm. of, like, thousands are going to be the most potent Mm -hmm. for that year. So it's literally just them pulling it out of their ass. Well, it also just makes no, the the thing that gets me is the people who are, who are stone cold terrified that they're going to get this disease. And they're waiting for this vaccine. We already discussed this with the smallpox. What do you think you get when you get a vaccine, man? You're going to get some version of this virus. Yeah. And the whole idea of herd immunity is that the less the less uh, potent strains well, of the virus are the ones that get... Herd immunity also a- helps get rid of the potent strains because basically what? people are able to like kill it off. Well, uh, but also the if you had two people, one guy gets the hardcore heavy dose of the of the virus. The other guy gets a mild dose of the virus. Which guy is going to go out to work for a couple days before he's not he doesn't want to go to work anymore cuz he's feeling a little too sick? The guy who got the lighter one and he's going to pass it around to a few more people and they will all get the lighter Iteration. Well, they already say that the strain that we're getting right now is like way less yes, virulent than the, than the original. original strain. And okay, my humble opinion on it is like if you look at the is it numbers, that humble though? Well, I'm not a doctor, so I guess I'm not allowed to speak on mm. this. But mm. uh, having a brain inside of my head, and according to feminists, being eminently better because I'm female. That's true. I am going to voice my opinion Props. on this matter. Yes. Okay. So. Um, if you look at the numbers of the people that are supposedly getting infected, like, oh my God, these cases, they're going up, 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 up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's mostly people our age, right? right? Which we know are the least likely to yeah. get sick or die. Yeah. So they're shitting themselves over young people getting it when I'm like, those are the people that you're supposed to be infecting so that you can have herd immunity well, so that, that you yeah, can no, get back to work. I know, that's because what I'm trying to say. Because we're not getting sick. They're so and afraid. Then, but there's people our age who legitimately, okay, let's put this in context. They say you're more likely to die of drowning at our age at like 25, I mean, we're a little older than 25, but yeah. at 25, you're more likely to die of drowning than of coronavirus. Right. How many people do you know who have drowned? Me personally? No, that's zero. Yeah, I know of one person. I didn't ever meet them. I, I'm surprised when I meet like a person. I, I'm surprised when I meet a person who like doesn't know how to swim and isn't competent yeah. in the water. At least, right? I mean, I know you but can drown even if you can swim. But unlikely it is that you're gonna drown. It's so unlikely. How many people go to lakes and rivers and the ocean? And pools. Yeah, every year. Every year. It's like exposure Exposure to the chance of drowning is very, very high, is yes. what you're saying. And I'm saying nobody looks at the numbers on drownings and therefore is like, oh my God. We have to get rid of water. We can't, get to the, we can't go to the lake this year. I mean, yeah. there's like a 0.01 chance percent that we might die of drowning. It's like nobody gets in their car and is paralyzed by the fear. I mean, people who are yeah. so paralyzed by fear of getting in a car accident... They go to like mental health professionals well, to deal with well, their also, irrational you, fear of cars, and it's the same thing. Like if you wouldn't, but this get is on also the thing I'm trying to say. So is, okay, what they're drowning, trying to convince. I mean, let's you would read, send them to look, 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 to uh, uh, wait, hang on, read this. No, read, listen, read this. I'm gonna let me okay, okay, okay. If, if you were so irrationally afraid of getting on a boat because you were so afraid you were going to die of drowning, even though statistically it's extremely unlikely, mm-hmm. and then we look at the fact that it's like. 300 times more likely to drown than to die of coronavirus at our age. Right. And then those people who literally will not leave their house, those people are getting treated like it's totally understandable. Okay, this is what and I was I'm trying like, to illustrate. If the person who can't get in their car because they're afraid of dying in an accident right. is being irrational, the people who are our age, they're being who uber are, irrational. They're being like so unbelievably irrational. It's right. like immediate mental health crisis, man. Like you need okay, to go to a doctor. I'm trying to show you an example of this. Yes. Read this person's don't say their name but read their comment out loud this is someone's facebook post you gotta say it out loud she says i'm feeling pretty shitty today as the months wear on i can't shake the feeling of losing what were supposed to be the best days of my life to something completely out of my control i hope everyone here is doing okay okay this person is someone who who is not leaving their apartment okay and on a facebook argument argument earlier today i literally explained to her how the she said i'm really worried about the case numbers you see it spreading everywhere every day i was like well let me talk to you about 
the symptoms that are that give you uh, categorized as coronavirus and the symptoms that the CDC published has a published page symptoms which overlap between influenza and coronavirus. It's like every it's, symptom except every, like losing your sense of taste and smell. Or and, and runny nose. Runny nose wasn't on there, which I thought was interesting. But sore throat, cough, sneezing, all that stuff. Oh yeah. I guess if you have a runny nose, you probably the have standard, a cold. The standard stuff. Everything in there. And I, I explained to her, I was like, look, you need to understand that if like you're freaked out about the case number, the, the case number is not reliable. Not simply because like you we we already know that they've been inflating it so that hospitals can get money for things like that but also just because the criteria for determining the cases is so broad that if that even though one of the criteria is any of these given symptoms etc and no alternative more likely uh, diagnosis every qualifying scenario could also be flu and one of them could specifically be pneumonia so there's never a situation in which there is no other alternative scenario because they don't require you to have the antibodies for the for the coronavirus. Okay, that's the only way to prove it's, that you it's, have it. It's a sufficient requirement, but not a necessary one. So I was trying to explain this to her. I was like, of course, of course, the case numbers are going to go up if your criteria if your criteria it's also was like, dude. Of course, people are getting even if they're not getting coronavirus, they're mm -hmm. getting the flu because you just stuck them inside of their right. house for three months. But this one, they weren't getting any. I I, mean, I, wait, wait, wait. I messaged Alex, her that. What helps with um, preventing the flu? Sunlight, yeah. right? Sun exposure, vitamin D. But staying inside, you don't get that. Yes. I'm just trying to say. So to your point about people being. everybody has a but compromised immune system. To your point right about people being irrational, I sent that message to this person like five and a half hours ago, and the response she gave me was like, "Oh, that's really interesting. I'll like think about it." Then like 30 minutes ago, posts this. It was like, "Did you think about it, or did you just revert well, back to being?" An I'm idiot? not gonna lie. I I understand how she feels, but the difference is that I am not hiding in my house. Right. She's I'm voluntarily because. I am perfectly willing to go out and do anything. I'm willing to go back to work. I'm willing to go act normal. And I'm being told I'm not allowed to. Right. I mean, if you're like afraid to stay out, stay, leave your house, then I'm like, well, it's your choice. Right. I mean, you could leave. But then we know people personally whose relationship, well, our relationships with some people mm -hmm. being really strained because you, ex you um, especially because we're in our 20s. So like you said, our friends are, for the most part, not the people who are at risk. No. And if they bothered to look at the transmissions rates, they would also know that them hanging out with other people does not really mean that they're going to go home and kill grandma, okay? Which, you know, knock on wood for everyone, but that is literally the ads that they're running. If you listen to Spotify, you'll get an ad from California Department of Health that's like, it could be your mom, it could be your best friend, it could be your dad, your son, Stay home, yeah, it's wear a mask. Tripping. Yeah, it's not science at all because there are studies that are being done in places like Sweden where they never did a lockdown about transmission rates and they're finding that the disease is not nearly as uh, infectious, infectious thought, yeah. and, and, and dangerous as they initially it's a, reported. It's like 10 times less infectious than mm -hmm. like measles, which and is yet, very deadly. And yet people keep buying the crap that they are pushing on CNN, the New York Times, any of these mainstream media sources saying it's super deadly, it's super infectious, and and you should be ashamed if you try and live your life. But you have people we're gonna that say it once again. It can either be highly infectious and has so many people that don't show symptoms that it's, that it's therefore highly not infectious important. and therefore it's not dangerous, right? Or it's so deadly that, that we should be seeing people that, drop dead yeah, on the street. People should just drop dead. It's like it cannot both have like a high rate of asymptomatic cases. And be well, lethally well, the dangerous. The only way in which that it can be that is, n and this would be a rational person's approach, would be that if you're at a high risk group, okay? Yes. Which, which nobody's arguing with that. No, of but course there are. The no, of course there are people arguing with that. The people who tell you that you have to stay at home use the fact that if you have a 90 year old relative with health concerns, these they, are people who haven't seen that 90 year old. No, relative I know. In three but I'm just trying to say is that they they use that as the excuse, but then also ignore the necessary premise, which is that like it's dangerous to that person, but not dangerous to you. So maybe what would have been smarter of people back at the beginning would have been to say, uh, call up your relatives, be like, yeah, hey, grandma. Um, I can't see you. For I can't months. visit you for a couple, 
month, a couple weeks. If I can't visit you for a couple weeks. I'm gonna go get tested, see if I'm sick with this, and I'm gonna get on a hydroxychloroquine treatment. And once I've passed it, then we'll be all good. I'll, like, you know, how normal people would be. Like if you found out that you had tuberculosis or if you found out that you had any other kind of infectious disease where you needed to not put people you knew in danger, uh, in, in, in danger, all right, then you would do it. But what they've done is they forced everybody to live like they're all high risk. And the basis for doing that is apparently that you might kill your grandma or your your yeah, but someone extra, who is at high it's risk. It's actually ridiculous in cities like LA where it's like most of the people we know do not have elderly relatives. Oh yeah, they don't even, visit their relatives. They don't even go see their parents. Yeah. I have so many girls that I work with where it's like they literally think their parents are shitty, terrible people. So mm -hmm. I'm like... Who is your grandma that you're like so upset that you can't go see or you can't leave your house because of her? The one thing? I'm like, you mean those people that you talk shit about constantly? Like. This is something funny. An Anwar says, it's all about Democrats capitalizing on ignorance and irresponsibility as an occupation. I was going to say, the one thing that has surprised me that I haven't heard yet is why haven't they told young leftists, you should go home and visit your Republican relatives that are older? Oh, they did. They said when... People were doing the protests against the lockdown. They told people that had coronavirus that they should go to the protests and infect Oh, to, to get all the Republicans sick. Yes. Bunch of dicks. Yeah. Yeah. But then at the Black Lives Matter protests, there were no cases of spreading, you guys. Because the virus is super deadly, but... It's it racially likes, sensitive. But... It kills black people disproportionately, apparently. According That's to when the they're leftists. being bad and staying at home and not out but demonstrating. if they're at a protest, it's okay. Right. This Okay, so we're into the politics of it basically now, which is like... And can I say, about before we jump into politics, I just want to read how the New York Times described America's frontline doctors. Remember that these are doctors from UCLA, Yale, all right? Uh, some with their degree from UCLA, but not high employed at UCLA, etc. Yeah. Okay, these aren't like boondock doctors. I wouldn't even care if they were, but the point is they come from reputable uh, backgrounds. This what what this should say is a group of roughly a dozen doctors spoke in front of the Supreme Court and provided important clarifying medical information for people to use however they see fit, okay? Instead, it says, in a video posted Monday online, a group of people calling themselves America's frontline doctors and wearing white medical coats spoke against the backdrop of the Supreme Court in Washington, sharing misleading claims about the virus, including that hydroxychloroquine was an effective coronavirus treatment and that masks did not slow the spread of the virus. Okay. Which is clearly yeah. accurate no, no, no. because... But, uh, a group of people calling themselves doctors while wearing white medical coats is like, it's like saying, describing the Democrat Party is like a group of people calling themselves do-gooders wearing <laughs> political outfits. You know, it's it's like, are people people calling themselves politicians and wearing suits? Right, it, they're doctors. But the yeah. New York Times, this is supposed to be the paper of note. And I said when Breitbart was well, live streaming, well, they also always let's put it this way. The right-wing news site, Breitbart. Yeah. Okay. They always say that. They never call Salon a left-wing left yeah. magazine. Well, because right? left, left to the New York Times is the standard. Is standard, right? right? So they even like to discredit anything that isn't super hardcore left. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Washington Post, the non-opinion editors tried to get the opinion pages shut down. Yes, because, because they published the that. Because the only part of the Washington yeah. Post that will, like, publish... Are you talking no, Washington Wall Post, Street Wall Street Journal? Journal. Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I was about yes. to say, hold up now. Sorry, my bad. Wall Street Journal. Um, like, the only part worth reading in the, the Wall opinion. Street Journal is the opinion mm -hmm. pages because they'll publish people like Kimberly Strassel, right. who's not even particularly conservative. She's just, like... You know, a real journalist who like yeah. cares about she's truth. interested in the story for the sake of writing about the story. Yeah, not pushing a political agenda. Right, and that's why I said when Breitbart she's was like live a, streaming, she's like a true classical liberal right. of like talking about the well, truth. This, and but the, but the editors who were outside right, of they the want to shut page, it down. They want to shut it down because they don't like they were they literally said in their letter, well, we feel like it leans really conservative, and we're not okay with that. And it's like. It's the opinion well, section. The New York, That's the, the whole point. The New York Times, I think it was, they ran 
a um, an op-ed. I think it was an op-ed from one of their editors, actually. And it was relatively a, a like straight down the line piece, but it didn't um, it like didn't lampoon any conservatives. And the they the freaking writers struck. They threatened to all quit if they aired that story. And so it pulled it. It, it like had run it digitally and it was gonna be in the print. And then they didn't run it in the print and they pulled it down from the online. And the, because these people are not about the news, that's what I'm trying to say. When Breitbart streamed this, it's like, that was the moment when Breitbart, in my mind, because I've been thinking for a couple of years, Breitbart's been like migrating away from being this kind of like radical, like mudslinging thing that's like not really about news towards a more and more legitimate thing. Like the difference between this piece of tripe story from the New York Times and the live coverage that Breitbart did, Breitbart is surpassed the New York Times in terms of reputability, in terms of the quality of writing and journalism being done. The fact that the New York Times didn't even send a person to this, you know? Because they, because they are so cocky that they yeah. thought that it would just be a flop. But the problem is that of, and it, this is even like people that I wouldn't say are conservative on like my Instagram and my Facebook, like people are sick of this shit. Mm -hmm. They want to go back to work. There are the like completely irrational people our age who, you know, are yeah, terrified yeah. of dying. But there's also the people our age who are like, this is retarded and I don't even care, but I want to go back to work and mm -hmm. I'm not willing to sit in my house for another year and a half, which I'm not, well, we haven't been sitting in our house. No, we haven't. We We've been going out. see people, we've been traveling. I don't wear masks. I mean, sometimes when I'm with you, I don't want to start fights with people, but when I'm on my own and like if I go to the grocery store, Basically, I fiddle around with my bandana really slowly until I'm like halfway into the store before I even tie it around my neck. And if no one has gotten on my case about it, I just don't put it up until someone does. And then as soon as they're out of my sight, I'm like back down again because I don't give a flying you know what about this stuff. I'm not endangering anyone. I don't buy that nonsense. I'm not going to be cowed into it. I don't give a crap if it's you go only, to- It's the only disease in history where healthy people are supposed to stay home. Yeah. And no one, does anyone really believe this uh, idea that like the, I, I know we've talked about this, like you don't wear a mask to protect other people, which is something that these doctors brought up in the Ch Charlie Kirk podcast. They were like, yeah, even during surgery, you're not really wearing the mask to help the other person. Like you wear the mask because even in a totally healthy, sterile environment, if I'm in surgery up close on a guy for like four hours, like by the end of it, I might be sweating like on my face. I might like, you might have like a little bit of a runny nose. Stuff flies around, flicking and whatever when you're cutting and juicing and you know, crimping things. There's veins and they're like, well, and you can and like then, get a little you know, bit of like blood. Right, that's what he was saying. Spray. He's like the entire point of the mask is basically because that would be gross as hell. Yeah. You know, he was like, it's not. It's the same thing as in uh, like the Dr. Pimple Popper videos. Like yes. she wears the mask oh. because she's going to get squirted by some disgusting oh my like God. cyst. Oh my God. It's so disgusting. Right. But she's not wearing the mask to protect the right. client from the pus. She's right. wearing the mask to protect. But you know, the reason, the but the reason that they pushed that. That was totally rocking the like mask and face shield yeah, well, because Pus. Squirters. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. some nasty shit. Well, and but the thing is, like, the New York Times didn't even show up to cover this. And, like, when people tell me, because I posted about this thing, and the number one response I got from people was not anything taking down the science. Like, before these things got completely taken down, people were commenting on it. They weren't like, that science is wrong. I read a different paper that disagrees with it. It was like, no. They were like, Breitbart's a biased, you know, whatever. Didn't even address what they had reported on. Just, oh, the source is biased. Well, it's like, you know what? The New York Times, these are supposed to be the, the reputable organization that is like all the news that's worthy to print, okay? Well, the biggest story of the year. Well, they said that, but they covered up the Holocaust. No, so I know, apparently but, the but, Holocaust the biggest, wasn't but the biggest, but the biggest, hang on. But the biggest story of the year is the fact that the whole effing world has forced itself to shut down over this Pisley virus. And a group of doctors comes out in front of the Supreme Court and is telling you medical advice that runs contrary to the popular narrative. And you, all the news that's fit to print, didn't send somebody there to cover it. That alone is like, you're not reputable. 
What else are you missing? What else are you not reporting on because you've decided it's not important, okay? If you're as big as the New York Times, you should have a freaking body in every city, in every state, ready to go at a moment's notice on every major story. And they, this was in their backyard, all right? And they didn't cover it. So the New York Times is officially, I mean, they've been officially trashed for a long time, but this is just like yet another thing on top of the steaming pile of rubbish. And I, like, I don't understand people who, who would think that this, they read this story and it qualifies as journalism or something that's gonna inform you. Because they don't think about, it's like you're assuming that these people want unbiased stuff. They I know they don't. I know they don't. As long as it agrees they... with them, it's unbiased. Right. Because they're like religious oh, freaks. Well, get get this. So here was one that a guy a guy threw my way today, and I this I thought was absolutely bonkers. Okay, because he uh, I write this post. Okay, and it was about the doctors, and then this guy throws up. Um, he throws out this thing to me, and he's like, "What's your position on?" Demon witch dream sex is a health risk for average Americans. Uh, what about alien DNA? Yada yada. This shit that they threw out on this doctor. Which is like, you know what? She has spiritual beliefs. I went and read the stuff she had written. And at no point did she say, and by the way, this is what I recommend to all my patients. This, it was a completely separate thing. And I'm not interested in it unless it's something that spills over into her medicine. And finally, at the end of this whole long, long back and forth, I just had to pause it. Because he said in there, all right, he says, I'll admit I do not follow the specifics of hydroxychloroquine policies at the state level. It doesn't really impact my ability to come to a reasonable judgment about whether it works or not. And he was arguing that the only thing you could do is wear a mask. And it was like, okay, so here's the way his twisted brain works. This is like the mind of the left right now. They admit to not knowing anything about the policies or, or the science behind hydroxychloroquine. They mock anyone who actually does know about it and advocates it, all right? They ignore the other people like Dr. Zelenko, who, you know, they attack this lady, but Dr. Zelenko has been using it since day one and he's treated like 2,000 patients now or something, okay? That's probably as good as a double-blind study. And he says, but you know what, decide, I, I don't know any of that. Doesn't, it doesn't impact my ability to come to a reasonable judgment Meanwhile, he gives no data. He gives no facts. He goes compl completely against the... Actually, most of the studies that have been done on masks, except for the ones that have been hurriedly done in the last yeah, three months and then in overwritten. order to prove that they're effective, most of the documentation on masks that they did before this outbreak, okay? Right, right. Because I don't trust anything written about them since the start of this because... They have lots of political reasons to publish studies well, he to offered, say that but they're But he effective. offered nothing, and he just says, and, but that's are right. Like, masks are not effective at preventing the virus spread of viruses. There were multiple done right. in because decades before everyone, but this. But like, everyone knows that. But that's what I'm saying. So he's saying, I don't trust any of that science because it doesn't align with what I believe. Right. And the other science that I'm seeing doesn't align with what I believe, and so therefore I'm still not going to listen to it. Well, but no, but he was, he was attacking everyone in this debate, this guy's name's Addison. I don't give a shit about giving his name out there. He's a prick. He's probably a communist. But, um, well, he probably is. I don't, I don't know what to say. His family is probably part of the Communist Party because I actually know this guy. Um, but it's like everyone out there was saying, like, no, look, this is an explanation that was given. And he just goes, no, no, no. And then we're like, fine, what's okay, your but evidence? But we already compared this to people who, like, don't believe in evolution. And, like, it's an irrational belief that no matter what, you right. present them with, right. they will not believe it. So I think I'm like ready to wrap this up, but I think All the right. last thing that we need to say is that, okay, you can debate all this minutia with people until literally the day that you die. Apparently yeah. it's coronavirus because it's terrible. Everything is coronavirus. Yeah. Car crash is coronavirus. Yeah. Bullet wound, coronavirus. Exactly. Okay? It's very dangerous. In fact, the virus can take a shape of a bullet and mm. it looks like you died of a bullet, right. but in fact, it was virus. Right. Okay. Unless it has no symptoms. Right. In, in, in which, which case, <laughs> you are a walking plague and you should kill yourself now because <laughs> it's terrible. Okay. So. I know where you're going with this. I know We can debate all this shit forever, but you have to ask yourself, like, what is the point of all of this? And the point is that they don't want Donald Trump reelected. Right. They want the economy to be destroyed. And right. this isn't... Okay, I hate to use, like, movies as, like, 
Just go. Reference. I know you're going with it. But it's like V for Vendetta is like yeah. exactly what we're living through, which is like mm-hmm. they basically invent Invented a virus yeah. in order to scare everybody into compliance. And it's like, you think it's just because it's a movie. It doesn't happen in real life. It's like, of course that shit happens yeah. in real life. If you look at what happened during the bubonic plague and how much power, like the reformation came out of the black plague because the Catholic church was like, Oh, everybody's dying? Well, now, bitch, you got to buy your way into heaven. And a lot of the, like, crazy stuff that they were doing was because of the bubonic plague. Mm. And they, like, turned people very, very radical well, because think, everybody was afraid. I think the, the action point that comes out of it but is... But the point is, like, people always use crises, and whether it's a natural disaster right. or a virus or whatever, they use stuff like that because people are stupid sheep. Right. They get people freaked out and... Anything that promises them safety. But now the irony is they've truly mind fucked everybody because there are doctors promising you like safety and and medicine and treatment and people don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. That's the really crazy part. But but there has to be So this is the question. Volume down volume down a little bit. Do these people actually want safety? Or do they want compliance at any cost? Right. Because if they wanted safety, they would be pushing forward any doctor that had any type of treatment mm-hmm. in order to get it out as soon as right. possible. And, they, and this is why so they, they don't... say that they're all about staying safe, but they're not really about right. being safe. But this is why, the, and this is why the attacks against these doctors don't attack them on the base on the basis of anything like, okay, we're going to hit you point for point. It's just labeled misinformation. And and it's very well, condescending. I know because the they are condescending. Is a real no, drug. No, it's it n- exists. It's, I know, but they are con- the condescension on the left is that no one is able to think for themselves and come to a decision. So if you give them any information that doesn't toe the line, then you're misinforming them, and they could make a bad choice. I'll, the call to action that needs to come out of this. Thought you were going to go there. You didn't quite go there. Was we were talking about it just being ornery yeah. for the sake of it is like. People need to just start breaking these lockdown rules. Yep. They sh- just for the sake of it, because you can't let yourself get cowed into this mindset, even if you think there's a good reason for it. It's like, no, because there will always be someone who can come up with a clever, good reason for why you shouldn't be free to live well, your life. they already use it for all the other stuff. Why shouldn't you have guns? Oh, because someone, it's a form of like collective punishment. You know, yeah. when you were in class, and there's always that one asshole kid who like can't get his life together. Right. And he's super disruptive and he's really loud and annoying. And everybody agrees that he's a problem. Yeah. Okay. But I may somehow, have been that kid at one point. No. Somehow it always ends up with like that kid messes up. And then somehow everybody else gets punished. Yeah. Because the one kid can't get it together. And then everyone has to turn on him. Okay. Well, the Democrats are that kid. They're fucking it up for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like we are just going about our lives. And the right. one kid cannot get his shit together. Right. And we're all supposed to be treated as if we're equally afraid and equally irrational. And well, I don't even know who that who that one kid is in this example. I only know that that if they no, decide they don't it's like, like you're punishing everybody as if we all have the disease. Oh, I Just know, but that's like, what I'm trying to say. That like if you're you a person punish who's everybody, sitting there, like the kid who can't sit quietly lunch, therefore nobody gets to go to recess. It's like why doesn't everybody else right. should be go to able to go well, to recess, I, I mean I mean to problem. say is like the girl whose comment we read like I feel like the best years of my life is being stolen it's like you're stealing it from yourself you've yeah. been convinced to punish yourself what you need to do just for the sake of encouraging your to give yourself courage that's what encouraging means right yeah go outside don't think about it don't get yourself psyched up about it just go outside your life will not end the world will not end okay Walk down the street without wearing a mask. Say hello to whoever the next person is you see. And and just, be, hey, what's up? And then keep going on with your day. All right? The more that people just start doing things like that, you will get comfortable with normal life again. You oh will. God, re- it makes me sad. I mean, I was, I've never been accustomed to the new stuff. So anytime I have to wear a mask, I'm really irritated. And like, literally, I had to go to the post office yesterday. And I mean... The second I walk out of a building, like as I'm like out the door, it's like mask is off. Right. And there was people standing in line and they all had their masks on. They all gave me a look. And I was like, I'm outside. Right. So I'm taking off my goddamn mask. Me breathing in the sunlight is more helpful. Well, and it's like if I'm in line with someone and I'm standing however far away. This is like Trader Joe's where like everyone's supposed to have their mask on, but also stay six feet away. But also ask yourself something. What are they going to do? Oh, I'm not wearing my mask. You're going to come beat me up? 
right, dude, well, you'd be getting within. One lady, well, that I mean, one she's lady. a super crazy lady. I'm just saying, most people aren't like that. And you know, with the police too. We were out in Glendale, and it, and like they're gonna fine people for not having your mask on. It's like I'll take the fine. You know what? I'll take the fine. I'll take it every time. I'll contest it every time. And you know who's not gonna show up at the courthouse? The police. The police officer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we should wrap it up because the live stream itself has decided that we should wrap it up. Yeah. That's always a good sign. So um, do you want to do the sign off? No. You want it in the episode. You want to do the sign off. You do the sign off. All right, guys. That was another great episode of uh, True American. Thank you guys all for listening to it. I hope to catch you guys next time. And look, go outside. Don't wear a mask. Stop being afraid. It's all going to be chill. See you guys next time.